BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am joined by my friend Kevin Cole from Unexpected Points, really to try and answer one question. What is Brock Purdy? What is the most valuable player in the NFL and who should win it? It's a pretty wide-ranging conversation about quarterback value, Kyle Shanahan, NFL offenses, all of that good stuff. Really enjoy this conversation with Kevin. Hope that you guys enjoy it. If you like this show, you can always get bonus episodes by subscribing to patreon.com slash TakeCast. You can tell a friend about the show, or you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the TakeCast. Welcoming in my friend, Mr. Kevin Cole. We are going to do the forbidden discourse. Discourse that really, frankly, as Rich Rebar says, America can't be trusted with Brock Purdy discourse. We just don't, we don't have the tools. We don't have the education. We don't have the ball knowledge. I, I am curious. So the last time you came on, we, we kind of ended by doing, is this quarterback a nerd quarterback or is this quarterback a ball knower quarterback? I, I don't remember which category we placed Purdy in. I, I think, I think oh. you could really argue it either way. I think he has to be a nerd quarterback, but the thing is, so, so, He's a nerd quarterback versus a like film hipster ball knower quarterback. But at the same time, he's a like QB wins slash results guy. And that also kind of like afflicts a lot of the minds of the ball knowing kind of media types that will also try to put five clips up there on Purdy. So maybe that's why it's straddling the line a little bit, but I think he's still pretty clearly a nerd guy. So I I don't think so, man. I, I think that the tenor of the conversation has actually, and I, I already know that you're going to be on board with this. I, I think the nerds have now moved on to saying, actually, if you look at it, Josh Allen is the most valuable quarterback in the league. I, I, which is so funny, obviously, because you, you can't really epitomize more of a ball knowing quarterback than Josh Allen, right? I mean, that is the the ultimate, and and Levis, I think, is the um the heir to that throne. But yeah, I I think that now the nerds are saying, you know, it's like it's like when um when Felix Hernandez used to 
to get all the nerd votes for AL Cy Young when the Mariners would win like 72 games and the nerds would say actually Felix Hernandez was the best pitcher, but he wouldn't win because yeah. he, he only had like 10 actual wins. So yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. I, I think Purdy is sort of um really, really he's kind of Schrodinger's quarterback because you, you could just see whatever you want to see in Brock Purdy, whatever your bend in life is, you can see that in Purdy. No, I, I, I'll give you the Allen thing, but I think that might be, and this is something that I'm probably a victim of as much as, as anyone, is that nerds, like, are, we have a contrarianism, like, built into our takes, mostly because, like, what's the fucking point otherwise, right? Like, what's the point of analyzing all these numbers and then being like, guess what? You know, the same article that you saw on The Ringer, like, explaining to you why good team is good or why bad team is bad is correct, like, who cares, you know? Like, so we're sure. always trying to figure out something different. So now that Purdy is leading in the odds and he's doing this and that, you know, we, we want to find something fresh, something new, something hot that we can get behind and and say, hey, Josh Allen, win-loss bros, you know, who are also contemptible in the minds of nerds. Uh, let, let's get some Allen hype here. It would have helped if he threw more than, uh, uh, what was it, 14 passes this last weekend? Or 94, 60 passes, 94 yeah, yeah. passing yards. Got the game ball, though. McDermott gave him the I game ball. I mean, he did ball, rush. Though. He did add some value on the ground, though. So we'll, we'll, we'll give him credit there. Yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, most years the MVP is pretty boring because for the entirety of my adult life, it's basically been Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Brees never won MVP. But he was always in the conversation. Yeah, though. yeah, 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 sure, he, yeah. Always in the conversation, and then add Mahomes into that list, and then the last two years add Josh Allen and Joe Burrow into that discussion list, and then obviously the year that Lamar won. But it's basically been which quarterback accrued the most gaudy statistics with a number. I mean, uh, you, uh, uh, Drew, Drew Dinsick, uh, uh at Whale Capper. He he's done a lot of handicapping of these markets, and he he. If you guys go look at his Twitter timeline, you'll find this spreadsheet he posted that it's like over fifty percent of the time the winner of the MVP has been the quarterback that accrued the most expected points added, which is pretty straightforward. Well, it's almost always the guy who has the most expected points per play. I mean, if we just go back yeah. in time, other than Cam Newton who was sixth, I think, in expected points per play. It's been almost every single year, maybe second sometimes, maybe third sometimes, but it's always near the top. And the thing is... Rodgers was I, third one of the years he won, I remember. Uh, Maybe. Regular season, I'm not sure that he was, but he might have been overall because they kind of tanked it off in the, in the playoffs. But the thing is, like, wins do matter, though, and it's going to matter a lot. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson, I think, as part of this and what we're seeing with him this year. They do matter, but the thing the thing that normally happens is, and this is why, like, for instance, when Jalen Hurts was leading the discussion a number of weeks ago, I would have faded Hurts, not because I'm saying, oh, voters are going to ignore the fact that the Eagles have won all these games and they're just going to focus on the fact that Hurts is, you know, seventh in EPA per play versus whatever. It's like, no, as the season goes on, the the stuff that's, that drives results is going to matter more over a bigger sample. And that's what we've seen kind of with, with the Eagles. I think the really the game of the year when it comes to like, is the results going to line up Eagles? Well, 49ers Eagles was a big one that happened. Now the next, the game of the year coming up here is the Ravens versus the 49ers. Because again, like, we just expect the 49ers would win this game and it would align with what we're, do, what we're do you thinking. Think if the Ravens win that game, that Lamar can win MVP. I, I kind of well, think maybe he does. 
Yeah, I think he's, I mean, there's a reason he's second in the odds. He's way behind Purdy, but there's a reason that he's second in the odds. The thing is, they also have the Dolphins, uh, I think, in week 17, and then the Steelers to end the season. So it's not a cakewalk for them to to glide in, but he, he has a lot of tailwinds behind him because the AFC is not that good. They're looking like they're going to be the number one seed, which even though they're not really that good of a team, I'm not sure they're even a top five team in the NFL right now. Uh, if they are, they're not significantly better than like three and four and two. Um, so if they sneak in, but they'll have that number one seed though, best team in the AFC, even though they'll be significantly, significantly worse than the 49ers, whether they win or not in this coming week. Well, yeah. And, and more so than the MVP. I mean, we can get into the specific specifics of that market, but I, I really kind of just want to do more micro Purdy discourse, which is sure. like one, he's a very interesting case of the NFL draft because normally guys that produce like Purdy does as young as he did at Iowa state one, they don't stay the entire time. That's one of the most interesting things about Purdy was that he was, I believe he might've even gotten some Heisman votes, like his literal freshman year at Iowa state. Uh, He started 10 games, 220 passes completed 66% of them for 10.2 YPA, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His YPA got worse every year that he stayed in college. He had a pretty brutal uh 2020, you know, the COVID year. He his it was uh, it was actually the lowest passer rating that he had in in college, so I think that was maybe part of why he stayed. But one just weird for a guy to stay for all four years when they kind of have a a draftable grade. Um and that was, you know, kind of before the NIL stuff really started. Now, now we're seeing it. I mean, we're actually already seeing it now in 2023. Guys you would have expected to go into the NFL, particularly at running back, are are just staying. They're just going to get another check um, in college. So that's weird. The I think you were the one who told me this anecdote about him work. What was it? Fran Tarkenton that he worked out with or whatever. And, it wasn't me, but it okay, it wasn't you. Someone told me. Someone told me this anecdote that basically he learned all of the West Coast offense verbiage before he worked out with the 49ers so mm-hmm. that when he got to meet with Shanahan and with the 49ers, it was like he already knew the answers to the test. Um, that that is a very weird wrinkle in all of this, and just in general. It's just a bizarre story, man. This is not what the quarterbacks are so going the other way. It's going the Jalen Hurts, Will Levis, you know, bigger, stronger, athletic guys, accuracy, not so much at a premium anymore. It's the physical tools that are being so valued. And Purdy is very accurate. Not so much. I mean, I guess he does have a very good arm. Like he makes a lot of great throws. But I don't think you would say he's like a physical marvel. It's just, I don't know. It's just, let's just begin there. Weird-ass story for Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of things, though, like you say, graftable Drake. I mean, the dude, I mean, we know, we all know the story now. I mean, literally the last pick in the NFL draft. So he probably yes. isn't isn't taken earlier, maybe not taken at all if he comes out earlier. Um yeah, the NIL and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's Brock Purdy is is bringing in a cool eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars this season. So, you know, I mean, he's getting paid, I guess, but a little bit of an uptick for the fact that he played well as a rookie, but not but not that much. And yeah, for a guy to come out of nowhere and play pretty well, like right off of the bat, you don't see that much as far as like a late draft slash undrafted. You don't see that much for guys who are legitimate rookies i mean i'm trying to think of 
like you know kurt warner but it's like a billion years into his career you know because he didn't come in until very late uh tony romo was undrafted but he didn't play until the middle of his third nfl season but he wasn't bad like he wasn't bad before he played he was always very good but he didn't play until that third season so yeah there isn't a lot of precedent for what we've seen burrow burrow is not that dissimilar in the sense that he's number one overall pick though so but but he was a a late I think if you, how old is Purdy? I want to say Purdy is 24. Yeah, he's 24. So at the time in which we would have seen Purdy play in the NFL, beginning in his age 22 season, going into his age 23 season, he, tur- he turned 22 or turned 23. That was the age that Burrow was starting for LSU, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean- you could, I, I think you can see why at a position like quarterback, the added time for cognitive improvements would be so beneficial. Why you actually would see Joe Flacco coming in at age 39 and playing better than PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson, who, you know, obviously physical tools, it's not even close. You know, if you, if you got a blank slate to put a quarterback's brain into a body, you, you would take Dorian Thompson Robinson over Joe Flacco, you know, 10 times out of 10, but the cognitive part is so important. Yeah, um, I don't know. Flacco's pretty good, good arm though. He just he just can't move. Yeah, that's why Sam Darnold still got a chance. Only twenty six years old. <laughs> Sam Darnold's I mean, one of those those guys that people have held on to his age. I think he's finally gotten too old now for people to bring that up. But it was well into like his third NFL season. People are like, he's still younger than than the rookies that are coming in. So yeah. I mean, given all that we have seen at quarterback this season, it really would not surprise me if Sam Darnold started 10 games for the Falcons next year or something like that could happen. It it could definitely happen. Okay. So when it comes to Purdy though, like I'm not even slam dunking him as, as the MVP because there is one, the one thing I think you can point to a legit like stat based thing to say that he's dissimilar than other MVPs we've seen in the past is I looked at this like pass rate versus expectation. So it's not just how often they're passing. Cause everyone can see, cause when I mentioned that like Purdy wasn't had such low volume, everyone says, well, they're winning all the time. Well, okay. Yeah. You take that into account and he's still passing way below expectation. And for any of the guys that we have stats for again, about the turn of the century on every single MVP passed at a rate higher, pretty significantly higher than expectation um, other than Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson, and just kind of a little obvious reasons why those teams might not have been in, passing in a, at a, in a, a great weird moment. way. In a weird way, by the way, I think that Purdy's campaign is kind of like that 2019 Lamar season, where it was yes. just like so many touchdowns, just all touchdowns all the time. The season Every- was insane. It was yeah, absolutely insane. I remember watching it because I wasn't like a Lamar skeptic, but I was a little bit skeptical. And I was just like, he can't keep doing this. Like every time he throws the ball, it's a freaking touchdown or a 25 yard get like his passing. Cause everyone talks about the rushing for Lamar Jackson. His no, passing, it was the passing were insane that year. I mean, on low volume, but totally insane that year. Yeah. I, I don't have it. I'm going to pull it up right now, but I think that season Lamar had the best touchdown rate, like in like the modern era, it, it was something yeah. like 9.6% of his passes or something like in total went for touchdowns. And obviously that's sort of what's happening with, um, with Purdy, which is that the, the dude drops back the pass and you're like, Oh, well, I don't know. There's a 50%. Yeah. Nine, 9% 
of his touchdowns went for a throw. 401 passing attempts, 36 passing touchdowns, six picks on the entire season for, for Lamar that year. And in a weird way, you know, he was really he really got benefited a ton by like crazy efficiency from Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown in a different way though. He elevated guys who like are, you know, not NFL players, Nick Boyle, Willie Sneed, Hayden Hurst, Seth Roberts, you know, were guys who were contributing to that team. I do think we, we it, it should count against Purdy that he is throwing to the monsters, you know, I mean, this yeah. offense oh, yeah. that has been built around him. It, and I saw some, I think Robert Mays or Nate Tice made this point on the athletic football podcast this week, but Shanahan is honestly getting like undercredited for how good this offense is, because not only is he, you know, the play caller and the architect and the designer of all this stuff, but he also drafted Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and made the decision to trade a second round pick for Christian McCaffrey that I'm sure a lot of nerds at the time we're like, I don't know. You give up a second round pick for Christian McCaffrey. You could just use Clyde Rizalera. It's the same thing. And those guys execute the system beyond perfect. You know, it's like they could do it with their eyes closed. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's part of it. Um, everything has come together. The offensive line has been good. The defense has been better, and actually, in some some previous years, but has been has been pretty good. But I do think Purdy is something that you know he unlocks something that's going on offensively his ability to extend plays is maybe where his athleticism comes into it more than anything else yeah i mean i'm just looking at some of these you know purdy's 21st in pass attempts this year um aaron Rodgers was like the only guy who's been on the low side as far as pass attempts have been when he's won mvp in the past but he's still like in the mid-teens so i guess that's the difference you know i also do this adjusted quarterback efficiency number where again i'm yeah. trying to wrap my like a, a real way of of figuring out all these different things. So one of them is yak above expectation, which is going to play into a lot 49ers of 49ers have to be do. number one in the NFL. Yeah. So they're, they're number one. Uh, Purdy also has had, I believe some turnover luck like earlier this year. And this is why there was a huge disconnect between grading and performance early in the year, which is, which is narrowed significantly in recent weeks. Um, he had all these turnover worthy, worthy plays that didn't end up being turnovers. He's had some fumble recovery luck. So he has the biggest adjustment down. But he's still number one in efficiency. He's not number one in total EPA because he has so many fewer plays than a Dak Prescott or Josh Allen, who who I think maybe it's just Allen who's above him now. Um, but he's still number one, even if you make all those adjustments. And that's what I'm trying to do. I think that's the problem with the whole debate here. It's like, if you want to make an anti-Purdy argument, plenty of things to say about his supporting cast. But then again, you could have said those about... Patrick Mahomes, you could have said those about Kurt Warner. You could have said those about, you know, Tom Brady in 2007. You could have said that about Peyton Manning in, in 2013. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like that argument for MVP specifically. Like, I think that I, I do think that the if all of our memories were um, wiped clean, uh, like of all prior knowledge and all we had access to was the statistics from this year. And we didn't know where these guys were drafted and the lore and anything about Shanahan or whatever. I think Purdy would be like minus 900 to win MVP and not minus 200, you know, like if, if we never got to remember that Jimmy Garoppolo led the NFL in EPA per play, you know, I, I do think, I do think the Purdy praise would be even more, you know, dynamic. Now, obviously the, um, the 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 rebuttal to that would be like look at the Christian look at the touchdown pass that he threw to Christian McCaffrey last week where McCaffrey was so wide open that he could he fell down 
pushed himself back up off the ground and then just walked into the end zone because Shanahan had designed such I mean, a perfect he, he, play. He did spin out and he did he did roll out of pressure and move to the other side. So like that would not have been a pass that Jimmy Garoppolo completed, right? <laughs> if he was <laughs> if he was if he was in that same offense. So there is there is something there. Yeah, I know. You know what? What I really wish we had. I really wish we had access or if there was like a a a time capsule that we could look back in to see like what the cut up film hipster like youtube videos would have been of like joe montana or something when he first started his career and they would have pointed out to us how it's all bill walsh in that system and, and, and nothing rice. matters and jerry rice and he's not that good it's like these takes would have been out there. Trust me. These takes would have been out there. Steve Young comes in. It's like, oh, he's just continuing what Joe Montana did. He's not any good either. They would, they would have been there. I'm I'm too young to to pick up on any of that. I have no <laughs> I have no I have no footballing memories of Joe Montana. He I don't I think he played some in the 90s while I was alive. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, really in 80s. 80s was this thing. But I'm just saying that they. Their offense was wholly different than the rest of the NFL because they had such short passes. So you could easily make an argument like they had a high yards per attempt, but a much higher completion percentage. Um, And that's where kind of the NFL has gone generally. But that's that's like catered to make the argument of, oh, look at how much easier these throws are that he's being asked to make sort of situation. And it's it's I guess because the Dolphins have trailed off on offense and they still have not beat a good team that we didn't get to this argument. But had the Dolphins continued on their first two months of the season pace all year would have been a fascinating discussion between Tua and Purdy basically putting up identical EPA stats, totally buoyed by Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, you know, and and then it would have just been like, okay, well, who's the genius, Mike McDaniel or Shanahan, or, or is Tua better or is Purdy better? And yeah. And in a way, I am, I mean, obviously I am very disappointed that Pat, and the Chiefs are having this like just miserable quagmire of a season where every game I'm just like angry. I, I find very little joy in Chiefs games these days. But like I if Pat was having a B plus Pat season instead of a C minus Pat season with these same receivers, you know, with Kadarius Tony, like actively trying to give away every single game, that would have been another fascinating thing to do with the voters like Purdy, they win, you know, 13 games and they're the number one seed and they get a bye and the Chiefs are the three seed, but everyone universally acknowledges the wide receivers are terrible and that, you know, they they kind of miss the enemy and all this stuff, but Pat sort of overcame it. And I, I wonder how the voters would have would have weighed that in the end. Well, Pat Mahomes is actually, at least anecdotally, the the film hipster guy this year because I've I've seen multiple of them say that they still believe he's MVP. Um, well, I actually got a that, I actually that... got a DM from from Brock Purdy hater supreme uh, Stephen Ruiz. He was accusing me of bad faith arguments on the course of Brock Purdy. Like I don't give a fuck about Brock Purdy if he wins or not. I love well, I Stephen Ruiz. <laughs> by the way, I love that he will just go to war against the haters. Like if he's but, like... oh, he made a he made a critical mistake though that he. He said that Clay Thompson was a lot more valuable than Draymond Green for some reason, and wow, like that he just stepped into it because then he's because then he's going those same fans were just like they're he, like oh my god this guy that. has awful takes in, in all different directions so he critical mistake there but so he told me he thought Pat Mahomes was the MVP and to me this would be like giving Jordan the MVP in one of his down years like the I wizard, get it the Wizards years no not the not the Wizards years. He wasn't that good by then. But I'm talking about like, there's plenty of years he did not, he, you know, 
He doesn't have the most MVPs. He doesn't even come close to that. I think he has three MVPs. Jordan, I'll have to check it on that one, but he's not close to like Kareem, um, who has the most MVPs. I think uh, LeBron has more MVPs than, than, than Jordan by far because, you know, he would have a good season. It wasn't that great. Carl Malone or someone would play really well. They would have more wins at the end of the regular season. And then they would just go in and, you know, win the playoffs and, and, and win the championship. Like everyone knew he's the best. Like everyone knows Pat Mahomes is the best, but you can't just give him the, no, MVP no. The that's season. the thing of, that's the thing about NFL discourse. It's so toxic now that that is no longer universally. Agreed oh, you upon. sure about that? I felt like Mahomes hit a new threshold finally, where I've been arguing this almost since post 2018. I took a little bit longer than post 2018. That Mahomes was clearly number one. I feel like it was this offseason was the first time that people actually bought in on that. You're saying that it's not the case. I think ever since the Broncos loss, there has now been, well, maybe Josh is better. Or maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I you get everyone get else kind of stinks though. Like all the elite guys kind of stink. You, oh I'm 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 Okay, I shouldn't even say that. I was about to say I'm glad Burrow got injured because I'm not glad Burrow got injured. But trust me, if he was just like passable, people would would be anointing him because that's happened multiple times where he's been he's been like good, not elite. Jake Jake Browning stepping in and just oh, like yeah. engineering the shit out of this offense. Oh, it's yeah. not great. It's not great for the uh, the the Burrow is. I mean the 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 problem that Burrow has is it remains the sacks. I mean that was that's that's been his issue until until he changes something there. That will be a limiting factor. Just the same way that Allen's thing is the turnovers. I mean, the, the interceptions, it, it's not been a big deal for a month now or whatever because the Bills have been on this incredible run. But, you know, I mean, freaking however, you know, I don't even know how they end their season. I think they played the Dolphins once. And if he throws, you know, two horrible picks in that game like that, it's going to be, it's going to rear its ugly head. Week 18. Again. Week 18 against the Dolphins. For, might be for the division. Might be for the division because the Dolphins also have to play the Cowboys um and they play someone else who's pretty good and the ravens so if the bills went out or or if the bills win their next two games and then the cow and then the dolphins lose to either the cowboys or the ravens that game will be for the division the bills can can win that game for the division yeah last second josh allen mvp march right there he i mean look josh i think he's a stud He's never deserved it. Before. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL. Like no doubt in my mind about, about that behind Pat Mahomes. So I, I, I wouldn't mind for like career achievement award also for what he's done from 2020 until today. There's if no, I was going to give, if, if I was going to give it to an AFC quarterback right now, I, I would give it to Lamar. I, 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 I would give it to Lamar. Okay. So here's the thing with Lamar. Okay. So number two defense in the NFL, right? Like somehow we forget about that on a different plane than every other defense other than the Browns. The Browns are nine and five this year, by the way. Um, so I know they're 11 and three, but so, so here's the problem with Lamar, I think is, and this is why I like stats based analysis is that we have to like have facts that we can have some sort of facts. So let's forget, is he playing well? Is the system working well? Is the, it, let's forget all that stuff. Pure fact, which cannot be disputed is, when the Ravens have dropped back to pass, their results, like how many how many expected points they've added. And again, this is like, this is just a fact. It's not disputed. It's not about Lamar. Their results have been middling. Their results, I think it's 12th in the NFL for the expected points that they've added. They've added a fraction of the expected points that the 49ers have added, that the Bills have added, that the other drop back passing games have added. Lamar's ground contribution this year has been down from what we've seen in previous years. It's, He's not, it's been down yards per carry but he's actually shouldering a larger amount of it than 
ever. He he's gonna. He, I think. He's I don't gonna, think he's that different. And uh, the number of rushing attempts are not that different. You're right. It's down yards per carry, but again. It's down EPA wise too because he's not breaking. He used to break off like these he used to break yard, off long ones, and, and those are just massively it. valuable when you when you yeah. when you do that. So so his value's down there. I agree I, that he's. I'm just biased towards Lamar. I think honestly <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. No, but I'm just gonna say we're just say these are facts, okay? But the problem is I don't think people who who are really pumping up Lamar would even agree to the facts. I think if you ask them like how, how valuable is the, is the, is the Ravens drop back passing game? My, they'd be like, Oh, they test, have a top five. My, yeah. My, they'd be like, they have a top five passing good. game in the NFL. It's like, well, no, they don't. Okay. They don't have a top five passing game in the NFL. Now you can say he's been playing way, way better than their results. And that's fine. But like, I think people are coming from it from the wrong baseline. They're thinking that they've been good because they're winning ball games and they're putting up points um, with a rushing attack that's been awesome. Now, if you want to give him credit for when they hand the ball off to a running back, you can Which give him I some credit. You need you, you do some. you do need to give him some amount, credit though. for that because like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell, you know, shouldering a top running game is is definitely not what like if you just saw that and their offensive line has been like super banged up and stuff all year as well. Yeah, yeah, but I think you know whatever. I think they've drafted offensive linemen who are good at the run. Well, I'll give them a, a fraction of that, but still the defense. And the non-Lamar Jackson running game have been elite this season. The Lamar Jackson-involved plays have been, like, 10th best in the NFL or something like that. So, like, that's the facts. You can argue he's been a lot better than his results. But, again, if we're talking about MVP here, like, the results are going to matter more than if I'm discussing how good a quarterback is. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's true. I think that – they're all like I'm trying to I'm trying to remember like why Rogers won his MVPs the years that he did like there's a little bit of like a, a cachet attached to it as well like I remember being I I want to say the 20 did Rogers win MVP in 2020 yeah he, he won, did right no no he won no yeah he won 2020 and 2021. So I wonder. I remember thinking the 2021 was bullshit and being like, Mahomes is clearly the MVP that season, and the reason why Rodgers won it is because he was Aaron Rodgers, you know. And not that not that that is happening with Brock Purdy. I mean, we're we're 30 minutes into this, and I haven't even said the take I've been waiting to to just catapult out. I, I, I'm going to disagree a little bit, saying right, whatever. You could have gone either way. I think I did make a Mahomes. I hate. I hate because Rodgers. Because Rodgers like, had him. low volume. Like Rogers, Rogers had lower volume, but EPA per play or whatever adjusted net yards per attempt, whatever you want to use during the regular season, you know, Mahomes has been much better in the playoffs than Rogers has been. Um, Rogers was number one. Now Mahomes had, had larger volume, so you could give it to him, but he's been close, but he absolutely like destroyed in 2014 in years when he won the MVP before. Yeah, but I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers, so. Hey, you know, I, I you know, I, and Pfizer. I don't even hate him. Does Pfizer I, sponsor this podcast? No, here's the thing. I don't hate him for the reason that, that libs hate him. I hate him because he chased my buddy out of the NFL. <laughs> like that is why. Oh yeah. That yeah. Is why yeah. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, he's a dick. There's no doubt about that. We all get that. Right. Like he's just kind of a dick. This is my, this is my take that I want to launch out of there, which is that okay. I would not, be, I would not begrudge any person who voted Christian McCaffrey as the most valuable player in the NFL. I really would I wouldn't. mean, I begrudge. I, 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 grudge. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I think that I think that he's clearly the best at his position 
we just said it, all the quarterbacks to some degree stink, right? Mahomes has made mistakes. Allen's made a bunch of mistakes. Purdy is in this black box of like, yeah, he executes all the throws. He plays point guard, but how valuable is a point guard? And I think the preponderance of evidence would suggest there is a clear difference between the McCaffrey 49ers and the pre-McCaffrey 49ers, even with Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and all these other guys they've had in, in place. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I my thing is, I guess I would go for a wide receiver over. Yeah, a but who? Back. I I, I would have said Tyreek was a was a fine winner as well, but he's not going to have the raw counting stats, and they just shipped a game without him. They just they yeah just yeah. Scored. I mean, he 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 missed time, and they and they won. I mean, but still, I don't really care about them. You know how well they play in one game. People in their on off splits are like. Uh, to a, but, to or, but we are we are trying to get into the mind of an MVP voter. You know, it's not. It's no, not no, no, no. Well, no, no. They no. Clearly, a wide receiver has never been MVP, and running backs have been MVP a bunch of times. Right. The most, second most common could have thing. won the award had he not missed that game and had he gotten right. to two thousand yards and let's you know let's call it eighteen. I still touchdowns. think he would have had a problem though because voters just don't. They obviously have a bias against wide receivers versus running backs, right? Well, or else, you, you why, gotta, how would Jerry Rice do... have never won the freaking award when he had insane seasons? Yet, it's all running backs, other than uh, a kicker, believe it or not, one one I year. Isn't that funny? Um, uh, and then um, LT won. Um, Lawrence Taylor, sorry, not Ladainian Thomason, to multiple LTs. LT also won. Uh, Thomason also won. But that's it, right? Is that it? Other than other than a kicker, uh, Adrian an edge Peterson. rusher, what? Adrian well, no, 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 no. But the, tons he, of but running backs. He was the last running back to win. I yeah, think. he was the last running back, and then it was LT, and then it was you know other guys before that. But I'm just saying, it's been a ton of running backs, for, uh, non quarterbacks, running backs, and then two dudes, one of them <laughs> a kicker at LT. There might, there's probably another one in there I'm just missing, but zero wide receivers. So I don't know. Like obviously, Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is more valuable than. Than Christian McCaffrey, so I would want to see him win it before beforehand. Um, but there, I think McCaffrey is going to be hurt by splitting votes with with Brock Purdy this year. Like if you're just sure. going to say best player on best offense, it's probably going to be too many. Split McCaffrey would have to break some kind of record, I think, ultimately. And I don't, I don't think he's particularly close to any like a yards for scrimmage record or a touchdown record or anything. Whereas yeah. Tyreek had the narrative, which was that he could have broken the all-time receiving yardage record, the yards per game record. He he could have done all of that stuff. And that would have, you, you it's, it's like the Russell Westbrook triple double season, right? That, mm -hmm. that is ultimately like, if you're going to break the mold, you've got to give the mind of the voter something to latch onto. And Tyreek could have done that. Yeah, the real thing with Tyreek, which is interesting, because that is, again, it's not. I'm not talking about in voters' minds, but I'm just talking about in actual value. And this is something why, like, I wrote up a piece at the end of last year that I thought he was more deserving of um, offensive player of the year than than Justin Jefferson, Jefferson is. Is like he takes like he takes a lot of snaps off Tyreek Hill, so like he puts up all these numbers without even running that many routes that's what's absolutely like insane about what Tyreek Hill does and you know if you want to do of like okay when those routes that he's not playing like what is the replacement level player doing on those types of of plays nobody's doing that obviously when it comes to to voting but if you want like think about it this year 
I'm looking at some of these stats here. Who are some top wide receivers? Jamar Chase has run 569 routes this year. He's been hurt too. Um, uh, CD Lamb has run 554 routes. So we're getting 500 between 500 and 600. Um, Tyreek Hill is 37th in routes run at 386 right now. <laughs> That's like how insanely efficient he has been this year. I mean, his yards per route run is 4.15. It's absolutely insane. It is by far like the greatest wide receiver efficiency season I think we've ever seen. Now I'd have to go back to make sure on Jerry Rice, some of those ridiculous seasons or, you know, crazy legs, Hirsch or whatever you want to talk about, like in the 1950s or something like that. But it blows away any recent result that we've seen um, since PFF has been tracking this stuff in 2006. It's 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 sick. It's absolutely insane because he takes all these routes off, which is he's not going to get credit for that. But it's 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 massively like boosts his efficiency even further. I mean, his value even further versus his counting stats, in my opinion. Could you make the converse argument, though, that a guy that takes so many snaps off actually is less valuable because he's impacting fewer plays well if they had the same yards per route run then yeah then he's less valuable but if his yards per route run are like you could substitute in someone in there who's just running wind sprints and he would still be <laughs> he would still be just as valuable i mean they would still have just as much offensive generation i i um, wouldn't begrudge a tyreek vote actually i i, think I mean they're... you see him catching these bombs and it's like who else is doing that like who else is doing that? You don't see it every. You don't see anyone where it's like the entire offense is stop this guy. The defense is thinking stop this guy, and then you're just like chucking bombs to him constantly. It's it's. Do you wild. care? Do you care that Jalen Waddle went absolutely nuclear in the only game that Tyreek didn't play? Like basically playing a very similar role. I guess less yeah, similar, I mean, closer game. to the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's one game. I mean, it's fine. I mean, again, splits happen. You know, these sort of things happen. Uh, Brock Purdy has a higher EPA per play when uh, Christian McCaffrey is off the field this year than when he's been on the field, believe it or not. But it's for like 50-something snaps. So what are you going to do? My most hipster take that I would only bury 37 minutes into this would be that I also wouldn't begrudge a Debo Samuel vote. I, <laughs> I know I know that's like completely insane. So your, um, your, your rank ordering list, you have five votes, are just going to be like all 49ers. You're just going to list all the 49ers I on think, that one? I think right now, if I had to vote today, not knowing how the remainder of the season plays out, I think I would vote Purdy, Josh, Pat, Lamar, McCaffrey in, in that order with ranked choice voting for my top five. Okay, let me let me posit this to you. Okay. We know that I think contract values in the NFL are pretty good as far as assessing like what yeah. the value of players are. And yes. we know that the Second most valuable player by contract values, like clearly, um, although it's gotten close with wide receiver in recent years, is a defensive edge rusher or an interior defender who really rushes the passes passer a lot, sure. right? We have um, Miles Garrett having an absolutely enormously good season and the Browns defense is having one of the best seasons we've seen in in recent memory. People may not be thinking about it like it, but if you look at like the success rate against them on a series by series basis, it's it's insane. Like how good they've been. They're that dominant. The team is nine and five, and trash quarterback play. Like their quarterback play and their offense, I think, is been is in twenty eighth or 29th as far as how good their offense has been this year. Why 
isn't there even like a thought of making Miles Garrett the MVP when we know all of these things about player value versus quarterbacks and others positions? Because defense doesn't matter. Right. Because, because you could say the you Browns, have to admit that's a good argument though. You have to admit it, that's an interesting, it, it's a, it's a good argument in a look at me. I'm so smart. I understand the data. That's what of all of my arguments are. Yes, yeah. yeah. But, but, but it, I, I think when you just acknowledge that you will never achieve the highest end results possible building defense first, you, 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 understand that it's specious you know like yeah, well, just... you won't you won't do it building running back first either but you know that's people people will vote for it i'm saying it's legit if you take quarterbacks out of the equation if you really were to say who's the most valuable player there is an argument i think that in reality miles garrett is the most valuable non-quarterback I, I in the NFL that, right now. i think that we it shouldn't at the end of the day, the word value is is just is stupid, and I think it shouldn't. It should be most outstanding player, or or uh, you know, it should be like what did they, you they Heismanify? They, you want to Heismanify yes. this award? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I I want it to be named like after someone, you know, or or whatever, where where we don't have to use the word value. Yeah, I I think ultimately, I think ultimately. The NBA and the NFL have the same problem in attempting to measure value when clearly voters mostly don't do that and mostly just vote on the player who played the best. In, in I'll tell you, I, I think the real thing when it comes to defensive players is we just don't have like good stats. That's that's the real sure. that's the real the real thing is like um does this guy have 20 sacks is he approaching michael strahan's like sack record and then other than that we got we got nothing we, we got nothing to like and that that excludes them from the mvp conversation more than anything else is the fact that people don't have anything to to latch on to um and probably the fact that teams are not as good like record wise when they have a great defense so maybe they won't get as much credit there either and also, just we should layer this in on top of all of this. I think the only vote for coach of the year is Kyle Shanahan. And I think Kyle Shanahan, as an offensive coach, has sort of reached the Belichickian, unimpeachable legend of the game status. You know, uh, you, you basically look at what Kyle Shanahan has done every place he's coached football, right? I mean, we're talking like Matt Schaub with the Texans, you know, 15 years ago. Obviously, I mean, he made freaking Matt Ryan win MVP. Like Matt Ryan, a guy who's like literally most famous for like being a dork and and losing this get like you know the Super Bowl Man, to the Matt Patriots. Ryan's like Hall of Fame adjacent. Don't besmirch Matt Ryan. So so, so I like don't think I don't think Matt Ryan's making the Hall of Fame. I said adjacent, but yeah, he's yeah. close. But like, come on, Matt Ryan, he's fine. Matt Ryan is fine. <laughs> You know, hey Cam, you're 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 a Cam Newton guy, right? Cam Newton was just was just trashing everyone but Matt Ryan the other day. I well, the, that's the funny thing about Cam is I always loved him as a quarterback. I I don't love him interpersonally, like in interviews and stuff. I oh I, yeah, he's a tremendous douchebag. Yeah, I I, he, I think he's just kind of like a troll. I just think I, I, he <laughs> he really he really enjoys getting people. Riled His up. outfits yeah. alone are are okay. Well, well, wait. So how about um. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I agree with you. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. First year coaches should be excluded from the award. I don't want to see any more Matt Nagy uh, awards. Like, yeah, I get it. The The Texans were a dumpster fire last year, and now they're good. Yeah. So what? 
you know, like who knows if Ryan's is any good, if Steichen is any good um, that I don't really care about. You also have this thing of like, if your quarterback gets injured and you're still okay, then those quarter, then those coaches are getting a little bit of hype. Cause I think Zach Taylor and Stefanski are up there. I mean, Stefanski seems like a perfectly fine coach. Quarterback play has been atrocious this year for this team though. And he's like the offensive guy. Um, Mike McDaniel would be my other guy. I mean, they have the number one rushing game in the NFL. They clearly had like, let's just get these speed burners and run this type of offense. Um, I don't think they're as good personnel wise as the 49ers in, in whole, right. If you had everyone on those teams and the results they are getting, I think are, are pretty good. So he would be another guy that I would like. Cause I think that he's like doing really unique, creative things offensively too, that you could probably put even beyond what Shanahan has done this year. Yeah, but it, the the results, what happens when they call a play is is a little bit less effective per play and in total than what the 49ers are doing. No, no, I agree. No, but again, coach, if you want to just like do it on offensive EPA per play, then yeah, then then you I I've it. just given Shanahan, Shanahan a ton of shit over the years. Like Yeah, for, I've been a Shanahan for... skeptic. More more as yeah. a GM, more as a de facto GM than as a coach. Yeah, he makes some he makes some perplexing um gm gm decisions but he the dude the dude is like i think if i had to hire one guy to call my plays i had an unlimited budget and i could just start a team from scratch he, he'd be my 101 i i'd take him over reed or I don't whatever know. I, I might take mcdaniel i might take mcdaniel honestly he just seems like a better dude to hang out with and to talk with did you listen to that series that uh jordan rodrigue did for the athletic, the play, the, callers. the play callers. No, I didn't. Okay. I, I, I listened to that. Cause I interviewed her during the summer. It's great. I love, I, I really enjoyed talking to her, but I just love Mike McDaniel in that, in that series. And as opposed to Shanahan, Shanahan, it's weird. They're not that different in age, but because Shanahan has been an offensive coordinator since he was, you know, 23 or something like that. And like hung and, out and because his daddy was. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Shanahan. Course, right. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, right. He hung out with his dad and then all of these older coaches. He has like very much more of like a boomer, um, crotchety old guy sort of mentality to him that it doesn't seem as pleasant. Whereas McDaniels just seems like he's he's more pleasant. Like they were interviewing him about play calling and he's like, eh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> He's, he's like, we're not, we're not that responsible for what the results are of what happens. And then they interview Shanahan. He's like, you got to do what I say, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just, he just seems much, I don't know. It doesn't seem as pleasant to be around at least. I mean, I think I, I, I would baseline level agree with that analysis, but I just can't, I can't argue with the literal like decade plus of like insane offensive results that Shanahan has done. Cause Shanahan has been through the punch counter punch counter counter to the counter you know i mean defensive coordinators have had a long time to know what kyle shanahan wants to do on offense and they're just helpless against it you know and he's yeah. clearly so good at week by week stuff you know whatever a team is really struggling i i it's really came up against the eagles where the eagles just had these like decrepit old dusty linebacking cord that couldn't cover anyone and the whole game plan was just like running debo directly at those guys and they were just you know, I know, were, but like, just th think about that though. As far, this is what s some of my difficulty in giving credit or blame to coordinators comes from the fact that 
Like this, the, like saying here, and I saw some people say the same thing, like they had bad lamb, linebackers. So look how good they were attacking the linebackers. I mean, these are all things that are like self-evident, right? Um, sure. Sometimes they're telling us that these guys are bad because they're not doing things that are self-evident. And I'm thinking to myself, this is like, this is their whole job. Like they should be able to figure out the self-evident things pretty easily. So I have more difficulty giving credit or blame sometimes when it's based upon these things that are like pretty clear that they should or, or shouldn't be doing. But it, regardless, I think Shanahan's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to think of some skeptical uh, arguments towards him still, just because I do think they have a ton of talent on that, on that team, which you could give them credit for as a de facto GM, I guess. Sure. Uh, let's see. I had an, Oh, did you, did you read our, your hero, Ethan Sherwood Strauss's Substack article about Brock Purdy? He weighed in, he weighed in as a, no, as I'm a sure he's pro Brock. Guy. I'm sure it's pro Brock because wait, wait, let me think, hold on. Let me, let me, let me craft. Yeah. What, what, if you had, if you get in your Ethan Sherwood Strauss headspace and craft what you think the it's hit the take in the end ends up being incredibly obvious. Um, well, I'm trying to think of why he's saying that they don't, I mean, okay. Maybe the, the it's title, like a, the title, these guys of the are article. the former, these former players who, you know, were all highly touted prospects of this and that, like they can't appreciate someone not from their, their tribe of great players and instead coming out of nowhere to be, to be great. So that's it. I don't know. That's my guess. Well, it's basically, it's basically, I mean, he, he, the article is the Brock Purdy question, Brock Purdy, Draymond Green, and overcoming draftism. So basically he- Draftism, okay. Yeah, so basically he he comps Purdy to Green and, you know, draws, I think, the the correct answer, which is like what separates these guys, what makes these guys who are maybe not overly special physically, not saying that Purdy isn't, but he's, not, I mean, he's small, relatively speaking. Um but what I think what makes Purdy so good is his brain. You know, he uh, he figures it out. He he see it's 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 kind of like the reverse Jared Goff. You know, where Goff actually is big and tall and has the cannon and can make every throw, but just like five times a game, his brain just completely melts. You know, just like no, it's like it's melts. not five times a game. It's like. 10 times over the course of three games. It might come eight times in one game. Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like that. That's perfect. Someone, did he mention Steven Ruiz in that article? Cause I told you, I tell you how Steve, how he made that Draymond Green comment. So like he made the comment that Draymond Green maybe wasn't as worth as much as clay draftism. St Steven Ruiz is falling victim to draftism in both of those categories then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did not. He did not mention. Well, maybe he did. Maybe let me command F for Ruiz real quick in this article. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, he does. Uh, so he, he doesn't he, mention the Draymond thing though. He doesn't mention the Draymond thing that that Steve got ripped to shreds on Twitter by 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 Bay Area fans for saying Draymond was like a good defender who was like contributed but not on the level of Clay and um and Steph. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, I need to go back and uh, re uh, re uh, correct my initial report on Purdy's pre-draft process. It was not that Fran Tarkenton coached him; he got comped to Fran Tarkenton. It was Will Hewlett uh, from the QB Collective, an expansive think tank founded by a former NFL player and agent, and they have connections to the guys you would think they would: McDaniel, Lafleur, Shanahan, McVeigh. Um, so clearly. 
yeah, he he got coached up. But it, I mean, it is. You know the what whole, sports the, needs more think tanks. That's. <laughs> aren't, that's aren't, what we don't need don't now. you basically just run a sports think tank, just like a one man? You know, I've just, always been thinking like the NFL what it could use is like the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> But in the NFL, <laughs> that's what I've often been thinking. The Lincoln Project, is there? But, but let's throw that in the NFL. Uh, that's what we need. Someone was making fun of the QB Collective the other day because I guess they tweeted a bunch of disparaging things about Sean Payton earlier this year, but then they deleted them all. Now that now that the the Broncos are on a run this year, well, uh, the Broncos still stink. Put that. Yes, put, I know. Put them, I'm agreeing. Put them there. in the category of me there. not believing in in the uh, the Denver Broncos. All right, let's end. Let's end on this. We were to do a draft of all available quarterbacks in the world. We, you know, mm-hmm. we start, we do, we do, uh, let, let's do it XFL style where they did the startup draft by positions. So it was like you saw quarterback one, um, and then you, they did the draft order that way. Like the, the guys were all put in a positional pool. So it wasn't okay. interlapping positions. You didn't have to okay. make the decision what's more valuable, quarterback or wide receiver. We're just mm-hmm. drafting a quarterback and you get them at, um, you know, you get them at a league average salary or whatever, or, or pretend it's soccer rules and we can pay these guys whatever we want, you know, just okay. like where the money is not, it's not, we take Purdy because he's making no money and we're not taking Justin Herbert because he's making a ton of money and or the, whatever. The Saudi petroleum fund owns the, owns yes, the team. So, sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the uh, Qatari private uh, wealth, sovereign wealth fund or whatever. <laughs> where are we taking Mr. Brock Purdy? And in that we, we have access to every quarterback. Mm, so I think you go Mahomes one good question. I think Let you go Josh here. two. Hold and on, then honestly, me... after those guys, it's like, there's just like a ton of guys you could take in any order, depending on what you prioritize. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, it reminds me like I'm okay. I'm of the opinion. I've seen people with like strong opinions in, in both directions or strong opinions against this, which I don't, I like, I actually think the chargers job is a good job because it has, Justin Herbert and like you can take over for an elite guy because yeah, I don't know I still might put cursed... him I still might put him next like even though he hasn't been that good this year so you put you put Jay Herbs three maybe I don't know like again I, I'm agreeing I with not. you that it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you're picking him or Lamar or who who else are we picking? I don't know. Lamar like, Lamar is constricting. You picking Dak? Oh, come on, let's not let's not get crazy. No, no. I and I would take Purdy over Dak. I think um, because Dak has had the turnover. Oh, that's spicy. That's actually spicy. I, I I I think I would too, but it's close. Like that's probably like right where I would slot Purdy in. Um, I think I'd take Purdy. What about like, Hurts? Were you taking Purdy above? Oh Hertz? yeah, I'm, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, oh. no. So is that like a no? Hurts Hurts is like same tier as Lamar to me. Maybe maybe like uh, a tidge. Really? Maybe a no, he's a tidge worse than Lamar. Like just ever so slightly. Yeah. Uh, okay, what I about mean, um what about Trevor Lawrence? Are you wild carding oh, I'm him? Taking, like I'm, you're taking him per, I'm taking Purdy over him. I because I wasn't I wasn't a Lawrence guy to begin with. Like Lawrence actually, if you look at Lawrence's shit, he actually kind of on a very similar career arc to Purdy, where the best he ever played was 18 years old, <laughs> you know, and then every sample ever since then has been slightly, uh, you know, to one degree or another, not quite as good. And okay, so then, so then you don't have Stafford that high, then probably, right? Like he's like below Dak, even I would assume, or no? I put Stafford, yeah. I mean, Stafford and Lawrence, like, uh, I mean, obviously there's a mitigating factor because Stafford is 35 or whatever, so you're not gonna have him that long. 
but like, yeah. What about Tua then? That's the guy that'd be interesting. Like, what about because Tua? I would not put him in the Hurts. I st- I put him below Hurts, although I yeah. probably have Hurts separated from Lamar Jackson a little bit more than you do. Um, Tua is below Hurts for sure. But like, do you have him? I guess I would put Purdy. I guess I'd have to put Purdy above Tua though. Yeah, because Purdy executes what Tua does at a higher level. Yeah, I mean he's he's honestly like more mobile. He's actually more physically mobile. Correct. Like Tua's not that mobile. Um, there's a reason he has the the ridiculously low uh, time Purdy to throw. Is, Purdy is thicker than Tua. He he's Ooh, he's, like he's not he's not tall, but he is he's sto- thick. He's he's stockier. double C. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's stockier, which I think I actually does matter a little bit. Um, I think ultimately I would say Josh, or I'd say Pat, Josh, Lamar, Hurts, then like a group of like eight guys where, where it's like fairly interchangeable based on like what I had for breakfast that morning, you know, where it's just like, yeah, what, yeah. what side, what side of bed did I get up on? I mean, for me, the big thing is like Mahomes, big tier, Josh Allen, tier, and then these other dudes. Like that's the most important thing for for me that I've been more certain of now. If even a going single Bengals fan was listening to this, they would they would be immediately unsubscribing and logging <laughs> off. I mean, I kind of forgot Joe Burrow existed, honestly, when we were talking about this discussion. Um, the offense looking the best that's looked all season with Jake Browning <laughs> is so fucking questionable. Now, I mean, look, Burrow is probably playing hurt all year, so that definitely plays into it. But I can't. Like if Chad frickin' Henny came in for the Chiefs and they were just ripping off twenty eight points per game, I I like my entire faith in the universe would be shaken. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that that would definitely be. I mean, well, I don't know about that. I I think I'm still pretty confident in Mahomes, but I just remember, like, there are certain times where I just am being driven insane. So like when the when the Bengals beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and then. When the Bengals beat the Bills, like that one week between them beating the Bills and then losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs last year yeah. was like my was like my my own personal like 9-11 having to listen to these Joe Burrow. T- I remember listening to this podcast where like Joe Burrow is now like set up to dominate the league. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? Like what? he's not going to dominate the league for the next 10 years. What, like what's going on? I was, I was dying. So no offense to Joe. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's just people, I mean, I people think, just I go think, crazy on him. Well, I kind of think Joe, uh, you know, obviously I know him on a first name basis. I actually think yeah. some of the things he offers are very similar to the things that hurts offers, which are hard to quantify. And it's about uh, like mental acuity and strength. Like, yeah, the, the Eagles are in like this awful run right now and they're just getting, smoked like by bad teams and they're all hurt and they're all banged up and you know everyone's mad and i'm just like jalen is like gonna deal with this adversity in a completely fine rational adult way and make himself better and grow from it and i feel like i feel the same way about joe burrow like i think his his the mental toughness that he's displayed like winning road playoff games like yeah that is very valuable to me because a lot of quarterbacks don't. They they get into that pressure cooker situation and it makes them worse. They the anxiety gets higher and they play worse. I mean, he's learned how to protect himself a little bit better. I mean, let's face it; these injuries are are getting pretty bad for for Burrow. I mean, um, what, yeah, with hurts, like a hand I think injury. Hurt is, 
I'm just saying he's already he's already had the you know he's taken a lot of sacks and he's gotten he's gotten banged up he missed time obviously with the ACL like a bad knee injury before um yeah I will say for Hertz like I think the guy if you want to talk about these intangible sort of factors I think the guy's off the charts when it comes to like the leadership or whatever that that sort of stuff is I mean even watching last night when he scored that first touchdown like I could tell that he wanted to like scream out in pain. Like, he's not. He was. He was not. I don't think he was in good shape last night. Going. No, he I was. Mean, I know very, were, he was very ill. Yeah. Yeah. He he was not doing well. And when yeah when he went, I could just tell he was just like oh you know. But he's totally he totally does not show any reaction at all to it. So I'll give him credit there. Yeah, I mean, and like obviously I'm very biased towards Hertz because he went to the University of Oklahoma, and I couldn't have been more right that the Eagles were you know, correct to draft him in the second round. Hey, that was my, that, that's my beat. Don't try to steal. No, Don't try to no, steal. Come my... on. I was out ahead of that one. No, I have the article. Go to PFF. Uh, you should see. I mean, I, I, I know that you are, te- I know that you are telling the truth. Like I remember, I remember the article, but like, it was, I... it was, it's not a good draft pick. It's a great one. And then everyone was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> people went absolutely nuts. All the Philly we're, people. We're too, we're, we oh. are being too flippant and dismissive of Burrow. Burrow needs to be like five or six, like to, to, to yeah, suggest, yeah, yeah. to suggest that Justin Herbert could be selected over him is like, it's just, it's, it's ignoring the results to quote you. It would be ignoring eh, the results on the field. I still might take Justin Herbert over him, especially with the injury stuff. But okay, here's what I'll say. When I had to start the year. Okay. Where was I? Cause Burrow obviously yeah, you did, did quarterback a- rankings, right? Yeah, so I've had this updated thing, but I already took him out a while ago because, you know, he's not there. So when I started the year, and I don't think a lot has changed so far this year, it was Mahomes, Allen. I actually did have Burrow above above there, Rodgers, and then, like, Herbert and Jackson after that. Oh, my that. God, so, Aaron Rodgers. For, forgot, forgot he's still on a roster. Where would you take yeah, Zach but, Wilson amongst all quarterbacks on earth? <laughs> yeah, he was dead last. And he's still – we still – I mean, where is he going? I think I still have him dead last in my rankings because it's like – being bad for a long period of time is worse than even being an undrafted free agent playing for your first time in your rookie your rookie season by my ranking. So, yeah. Well, I think Brock is going to win MVP. I think that his uh, very humble quote about saying Christian should win MVP is hilarious. I mean, that was that was well, good Christian content. said he should win the MVP too, but that's getting a lot less uh, pub out there in the streets. Yeah, Brock, he's going to win MVP. He's going to win MVP, you know. And maybe it'll be the start of a Tom Brady-esque run of an undrafted free agent or a seventh-round pick or whatever, you know, this crazy run. Or maybe it'll be this crazy footnote in NFL history. Only only time can tell. Well, we haven't seen a lot like this, like this strong of a run, so. No, even the Brady run was not like this because it was, at the beginning, it was not accompanied by gaudy numbers. It was accompanied by a lot of wins. I mean, he didn't suck, but he was not good. Like to start until about 2004, I want to say he wasn't, he wasn't very good. It wasn't until like his third or fourth starting season that he really started to take a step forward. So it's a little bit different than that. All right. How are what, you feeling chiefs wise though? I got to know, like, how are you feeling about oh, this I team? Feel because bad. I feel bad. I'm like, I'm still holding on to this hope that they're, that, that they're better than the definitely better than the Ravens or the dolphins or whoever, but I don't know if that's true. The only thing you could hold your you could hang your hat on for them winning the Super Bowl or the AFC or whatever and playing well in playoff games is that they will be the most experienced and the most you know, I mean to go back to the mental stuff, they will be the team that's like been there, done that. We've been in these high pressure adverse situations more than the Ravens, more than the Bills, 
more than the Dolphins, whatever. But talent-wise, absolutely, they do not deserve. They would they would be a very undeserved Super Bowl appearance. They they just are. They are. I mean, Kelsey is clearly injured, right? Just clearly playing through something. And it was not that long ago we thought he might miss the year, right? We we thought he might yeah. have torn his ACL and been out for the season. He's also 34 years old, so he's injured and probably like near the very end of his ability to perform at a super high level. And like Rashi Rice is the whole plane is built out of Rashi Rice right now. You know, like it's not good. It's not good. good. And Sky Sky is now on the IR. So like that Richie James is going to have to play, you know, like, what do you, what do you, like, what do you want them to do, man? It's just not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to go well. Taylor Swift factor, Taylor Swift factor, anything going on there. I mean, maybe that helps them get a couple more favorable calls in the playoffs because the broadcast wants to, you know, the NFL wants to keep showing her on the broadcast. Yeah, it's funny. I'm not like anti her being shown on the broadcast, but some uh, like I, I read someone mentioned it. So I read part of this, like, you know, the Time Magazine person of the year. You got to hear this quote. It's the most cringe is it like a cringeworthy thing. So she's talking about Travis Kelsey. She says here. She's all this all started when Travis very adorably put me on blast on his podcast, which I thought was metal as hell. What do you think about that's that? That's just that's just how she talks, man. Taylor Swift, Taylor so Swift. Bad. Taylor Swift is a is a middle-aged millennial. Like that's just how she talks, you know. It's it's oh my god. I almost died when I had when I read that. I, I, was I like, am oh a fan. Of, I, Who I, would I, put that together that sentence? Put me on blast and metal as hell in the same sentence? Holy crap. That was... that's that's how a middle-aged millennial woman speaks dude oh lord thank god i'm too old uh, yeah, yeah. I've, 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 i have my, my have, boomer lady here at home if, so yeah if the chief season had been going better this would be like so euphoric it would be it would be amazing because <laughs> i love taylor swift i love travis kelsey like truly one of my favorite athletes of all time it, it would just be unbelievable and the fact there's that hope they are... i'm telling you man there's hope there's hope if the Bills were the number one seed, I would be more. I'd be a lot more worried. There's hope because they're they have Patrick Mahomes. You know that. Yeah. But the the, yeah. the that's it's the a big factor. It's the whole. But that you know, Pat wakes up on the wrong. Their side defense of, is pretty good too. So that's it. Huge. Does fe- it feels like a little bit of a waste that the defense is actually finally good and they're not able to um you know support it in any way. You know who's making the same amount of money as Marquez Waldo scaling this year? DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Imagine if DeAndre Hopkins was a Kansas City. Rashi Rice, DeAndre Hopkins. You want uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing up jump balls to DeAndre Hopkins where he has to offensive pass interfere every single time that he did. Yes, that I do actually. That, that because because at least he catches. He is, at least the ball. There you go. There you go. See, because he, he had a whole he, season he, without a drop. Remember that? Or do you have like two seasons without a drop? He had something ridiculous like it that. It was a crazy streak. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Paddle hit Sky or MBS in the hands and it, he might as well have thrown the ball away, you know? Oh, talk about tilting. Like I was always very anti Kadarius Tony. So that Super Bowl win. People were, I, I swear I saw someone tweet out that it was like one of the greatest trades or something like that. The Kadarius Tony and I was like, oh my God, he didn't even do anything the entire season. And he made one punt return and a touchdown and people were acting like he was, well, it you was the most talk genius about, move of all time. I was dying. I was dying. But now you want to talk about tilting. Are- if he would have scored 
that punt return touchdown instead of downing it at the five, he would have oh, won yeah. super he would have won Super Bowl MVP and I would have made a bunch of money. <laughs> but so. even the touchdown he scored, they're like, oh, look at him. Sky Moore did the same exact thing on the other and side it, of the that, field. Do you know the lore about that touchdown? It was actually supposed to go to Tony again, but Tony lined yeah. up in the right, in the wrong spot and Sky <laughs> had to go motion over to his spot to avoid them getting the, the penalty for unbalanced formation and, and Pat threw it to him anyway. Yeah, I mean, the whole Tony thing, like if you're a coach or you're Patrick Mahomes, you just got to be like, listen, the guy just can't help it. Like, he's just a knucklehead. He's just like, he, that's who he is. That's who that's who Tony is. He's not going to ever look, he's not going to ever look at a playbook. He's going to have no idea what's going on the entire time. It's just, you, you, you got to live with it. That's who he is. You know what's crazy is not the next team that gets him, but the team after that that gets him, like when he's like 28, that guy might be a real player because then by then he'll be playing on a veteran minimum and he might have like finally had to like look reality. I don't think he'll face. even play for a veteran minimum. He'll just be like doing his rap career. Like, I don't think he, I'm not sure he even likes playing football, you know, like, so like, I think he just, he's just a very skilled individual, talented individual. I think he likes, I think he likes to play football. I, I you think, I, I think he, I think that I mean, he didn't show up. If he doesn't show up, he didn't like to practice. That's for sure. He's, he well, definitely he didn't he didn't he, well yeah i'm just saying he doesn't like to he didn't show remember he didn't show up to like the off season the voluntary things where it was like every single rookie was there and every single second player year was there and in both years he's like no nah, i'm just gonna i'm gonna stay at home i really wish it would have worked out and by the way the chiefs have clearly the last two weeks tried to make it happen because even after the offside call even after that disaster yeah. he still ran over 50 percent of the routes this most recent week like they they were just like guys we don't have a choice and now they're gonna have to go to richie james i think because i just think you can't after two brack breakers in a row they cannot possibly play him this week there's no way i don't know he might be there's gotta be someone on the street who who are on the streets now they can just they can just bring in there has to be someone out there right martavis bryan is on the cowboys practice squad <laughs> i at least love martavis bryant man Josh Gordon yeah. is, I think, technically consigned on with anybody. Justin Blackman is Justin Blackman in jail. Is Justin Blackman available? Just Justin Blackman, that guy. I believe technically, season. I believe technically, he's actually still eight years later on the Jaguars roster because they placed him on the reserve injured list and never removed him. The thing about Josh Gordon is like he had enough, he had enough time in the NFL recently where he just didn't have that explosiveness anymore. He, he was, was kind of like bloated. He was literally a chief. He, he was literally he was a chief. He's just like bloated and couldn't really, you know, did not have that that old Josh Gordon. Martavis Bryant, man. I, I've never seen a guy move so fast but not look like he's he's sprinting that fast on an NFL field. That guy was amazing. Yeah, he was. All right. What's All right. coming up on Unexpected Points? Uh, again, through the rest of the season, you know, I got the advanced reviews where I put out all the stats and numbers and whatnot, which I then build into power rankings and – uh, other analysis, adjusted quarterback stuff that I'm that I've talked about. Um, so that all that stuff comes out on a weekly basis. But then the the advanced reviews are more like after a an island game, I put it out the next day, the next morning, and then break up the Sunday games into a couple of different reviews. And then I'll have a separate one now for our uh, our Saturday games and then playoff games going forward. All right, beautiful. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.